Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, your weekly insight into Ireland sport. Coming up this week, Guernsey Netball's new coach reflects on her first taste of interinsular competition and how she'll use it to move the local game forward. So by the end of interinsulars and by the end of the senior game, those seniors are going away going, when are you next over? When's our next camp? When's our next competition? And that's what it's about. It's creating that energy. It's having some of those vets from Saturday coming over and saying, I want to be involved. I want to be back in the seniors program. I want to coach. And that sort of enthusiasm is something that you can't make up. So you can't pay for it. So that was what it was. It was absolutely brilliant for it's been a great season for St. Jack's with the Vikings sealing their league title at the weekend and they've already got their eye on another promotion next season. One of our talks we haven't really talked about, we might as well share it now, is that we wanted to get to level seven. Uh, so we're going to level eight next year. So we want to get that next next level. Uh, we've given ourselves a little bit longer to do it than, than we might achieve. So I think that'll be, let's go up again in the next sort of two years or so will be the next target, I think. And ahead of a huge couple of weekends of hockey at Footslane, we'll hear from the island's men's coach as they prepare to welcome Jersey in the Interinsula and first the England Hockey Cup quarterfinals. We're back to our strongest at the moment, so we've got we've got a really good squad. Um, we've played some really good games. Uh, we thoroughly deserve to be here. Um, and now, yeah, the big games really come. It's the, the quarterfinal, hopefully a semi-final. Uh, and then who knows? We're, we're just trying to go as far as we can. Uh, all that to come. I'm Tony Kerr and alongside me is the returning Gareth Leprevo. Hi, Tony. Good to see you, Gareth. And Jamie Ingle. Hi, Tony. You too, Jamie. Um, <laughs> good old break. Gareth, you managed to get away from the sport or, or not? I never get away from sport totally, Tony. You know me. It's always a busman's holiday, but um, no, it was very nice. We popped up to Edinburgh for the weekend and uh, watched a bit of uh, pro rugby up there. Saw Edinburgh against Leinster, which was a real tri-fest. It finished... 47-27 in Leinster's favour. There's some there's some quality players on the show there, but um, it's a bit of a shame to to miss out on the the Guernsey Dorking game because that was also a belter by by all accounts as well. Yeah, I've got a really bad track record this season. The games I've gone to of the Raiders, they've either imploded and, and lost in kind of frustrating fashion. And the ones I've missed, they've been brilliant. So um, yeah, I should probably stay away for the rest of the season. If you would, yeah. But that was uh, yeah, by all accounts, an absolutely fantastic uh, performance and and a big crowd at Footslane as well. Lots of Dorking fans coming over for that one. Um, so yeah, a, a great day down at Footslane. Um, Jamie, I think this week you've been braving the cold because it has been a bit bitter um, to, to <laughs> yes. take in the start of the triathlon season. It must have um, been freezing down there. Oh, it was. <laughs> yeah, but in other aspects, it was exactly what you wanted to see at the start of the season. So we had the Rockane duathlon. For the uninitiated, Rockane will be the venue of the Island Games try. So in a way, it's sort of limbering up for that. Um and it was quite nice to see what some may see as an upset in their men's race. So we had Chris Norman, who's a fast up and coming competitor. He managed to pick off uh, James Travers, who has been kind of a guy you expect to win local races without the likes of um, Josh Lewis there. And I suppose Thierry uh, Deshemenon has emerged as someone who would on some quite a lot of occasions beat him. But with Thierry not racing, Chris had a cracking race against... Trav, um, it was nice how it unfolded between the different disciplines with Trav being the stronger biker. But yeah, it, it was a nice victory for the up and coming when uh, Chris came past on the run. Yeah, less than four months to go now to the Island Games. So in terms of form, I guess... Um any of the competitors who are going to be representing Guernsey um, yeah, will be hoping, I suppose, to, to show a bit of it soon. Or is it, or is it too early to, to kind of peak, I suppose, a few weeks ago? There's, a, there's no rush to show your hand just yet. 
<laughs> well, it's too early to peak, but yeah, it'll be nice to see the season pick up momentum. I don't think anyone's really peaking yet. Like everyone is building towards that games. And yeah, it'll be nice to see what shape things take by then. Yeah, awesome. Coming up soon, lots more Island Games build up uh, here on the Guns Press Sport podcast. Um, let's talk netball though first today. Um, it was fantastic to see the Interinsular Weekend uh, make its return after fully four years off the schedule. A whole host of Guernsey teams uh, of all age groups uh, made the way over to Jersey and probably as expected Jamie it was the home side that enjoyed the better of it Um, but there was that real big bright spot a great result for our under 18s 52-45 winners and a real moment to savour. I don't think anyone from Guernsey was expecting it to be easy. Uh, Jersey especially at senior level they're the ones that are playing regularly at the top of regional leagues whereas we've had virtually no off-island experience but yeah um even the teams that are losing by pretty hefty margins were still coming away smiling from what I've heard, which is obviously fantastic. You want to keep them in the sport, keep them motivated. And in the case of the under-18s, uh, fantastic. Uh, it's a nice bunch of players that have been together since the lower age groups, and hopefully they can continue their progress into seniors. Lots of hopes there that they might be able to end that um, that, that long run of, of Jersey wins in the senior match. Um, well, I caught up with Guernsey Netball's new head coach, Sally Carnes, um, to find out what she made of her first inter experience and what's next for representative netball in the island. Um, it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, the energy across the weekend. Obviously, I wasn't able to get there on the Saturday, but I was getting loads of feedback from the girls and the group chat was going mental with all the results and kind of how everyone was feeling and then saw some of the photos and then arrived in on the Sunday. Um, and just, yeah, it was it was just a really great vibe in there. So obviously the younger ones playing first and just seeing them absolutely love their netball and the coaches just so engaged with them. And then the 19s going on and, absolutely smashing it on court and the seniors just putting everything into practice so from my point of view it was great I love live netball anyway um, and I think the atmosphere was brilliant and you know kudos to to Jersey for hosting a great event. Yeah and when you look at the results overall you know some some tough scores in there you know tough experience I guess um, in in some regards but just for those girls particularly the younger age groups to to get the chance to to play against Jersey again is going to be huge for their development isn't it? Yeah, I think the thing for us and across the board with all the coaches and all the players, we'd made it really clear that it wasn't an outcome focused weekend. We really, it didn't matter about those results. The first and primary objective was to get all those age groups playing and, you know, to be able to field an under 11 A and B squad for the first time. It was unfortunate our 16s couldn't play. Obviously, they had regional competition on the mainland, but just to have those girls out there playing and experiencing what it's like to play outside of Guernsey and outside their schools. And for some of those little ones, they've had four or five sessions together with, you know, Amy, their coach, and then to come on board and actually get that competitive feel. And yeah, I mean, Jersey were slick, you know, let's not get, let's not take anything away from them. Their, their play was excellent, but they're also a a very well-established program. Um, Whereas Guernsey's, really starting from scratch again um, and and that was the main focus for the weekend was to really set that benchmark out and know where we're going and what we're doing and get a starting block and then that definitely did that. Yeah I think that word benchmark was used by Donna as well ahead of um, ahead of the weekend kind of coming through the other side now do you feel like you've got a good handle on on what you need to do and what you want to put in place? Yeah so uh, obviously my role as head coach is is twofold um, the first part is working with the others on the island to develop that pathway and develop that performance pathway for the youngsters. So seeing the enthusiasm and the energy that they've got at that participation level 
to then be able to feed that through. And these are our future, you know, our future Panthers, our future seniors. So that side of things was absolutely brilliant. The participation, the energy, seeing all the mums, dads, aunties, uncles, you know, everybody supporting it was absolutely brilliant. And then on the flip side of that, I've obviously got the performance coaching role um, with the seniors, mainly focused with them. But we've incorporated those under 19s into that senior programme from day one as well. Now we've had three sessions on court together since I started. So there was never going to be playing against a Southwest Regional One team and, and Jersey Jets. It was never going to be that end result. But what happened was the the um, the technical side of things and the tactical side of things that we've had the time to work on with the girls, they absolutely put it on into play on court. And, you know, the, the, the best thing for me was that we improved every quarter. So by the end of interinsulars and by the end of the senior game, those seniors are going away going, when are you next over? When's our next camp? When's our next competition? And that's what it's about. It's creating that energy. It's having some of those vets from Saturday coming over and saying, I want to be involved. I want to be back in the seniors program. I want to coach. And that sort of enthusiasm is something that you can't make up. So you can't pay for it. So that was what it was. It was absolutely brilliant for Oh, that's really encouraging. And, and in terms of the results, there was obviously that real bright spot of the, the under-19s. Um, just talk us through that match and, um, and, and how much it meant uh, to them, I suppose, to get oh, the results. I mean, full kudos to the girls and to Heidi and Bridget, their coaches, because, um, you know, looking at that programme, there were 18 big red squares on that under-19 fixture, and then now there's a big green one. So um, it was absolutely brilliant. They'd asked me to come on the bench and assist them for, for the game. Um, obviously, I was just there to to really help the coaches. I did some stats on the bench and we could see from like halftime that we were up on everything. Um, the girls just left everything on court and they really showed a maturity that I don't think many under 18, under 19 teams have. And that was really, really pleasing for me as a senior coach, knowing that that's my future squad and those girls are playing a massive part. And then for some of them stepping on court again for the seniors straight afterwards, you know, that adrenaline was certainly still flowing for a lot of them. So, um, no, it was so positive and, and great for them to get that win. I think that's them, Heidi was saying, they've won at every age group now against Jersey. So they're really setting their stake as, um, you know, one of the, the good, good teams for the future. So we're just, we've been having a little review today, just thinking what's next for them. So there's some exciting stuff coming up. Yeah, brilliant. And for you, um, as you say, you've only been involved for a few weeks, a couple of months now. Um, yeah. uh, you've managed to get over a couple of times and, and work with the players um, sort of face to face. What does the next kind of stage look like? I suppose there was a lot of build up to this interinsular. Um, is there a bit of breathing space now for you to kind of take stock of what's happened and, and, and kind of go again? Um, a little bit. Um, so I think there's there's a lot of discussion at the moment about what our competitive fixture schedule will look like for the seniors. And does that culminate? Is is interinsular is the final point or is that our starting point every year? And we build from that through the year. So we're not quite sure yet. We're still um, weighing that one up. So today has looked like a lot of scribbles on a lot of bits of paper <laughs> um, and a lot of messages backwards and forwards with some of the girls as well. Obviously, they've still got, you know, Prem League going on over on the island and they've still got their season running. A lot of them are involved with inter-island, uh, with, you know, games coming up and things. So, um, yes, a little bit of downtime for them. Um, my next visit over to the island isn't until Easter um, when we've got another camp. But we're getting inquiries left, right and centre from teams who want to come over and play us or want us to enter tournaments. So what we're really trying to do at the moment and working really closely with the administrators over there is to build a programme for the 19s and the seniors. And then that filters down. 
so that actually over the next year they know when their competitions are they know what their targets are they know when they need to be training when camps are we're hoping to get some of the girls back over who've gone over to uni hoping to get them back on island so that they can still represent their island um, and really just build a, a competitive fixture card for them uh, sounds really exciting for you. Um, have you sort of caught the island sport bug? Are you are you kind of are you bleeding green already? I'd say probably there's still quite a bit of me Scottish inside. But <laughs> it's getting there. It's definitely getting there. I think the the enthusiasm from them, and I keep going, I keep banging on about it, but generally their energy and their enthusiasm and their sort of buy-in to me coming, you know, as a you know a non-islander coming in has just been absolutely brilliant and. You know, that went right the way through yesterday from some of the little ones, right the way through to parents and grandparents coming and speaking to me. And, you know, it, it really has, it, it gives you a nice warm feeling when people, you know, appreciate what you're doing. And I don't, you know, I don't do it for the glory and I don't do it, you know, for anything other than I know that I can give something back to those girls on island. So hopefully we can just keep building with that relationship and, and see where it goes. But yeah, it's definitely, there's definitely a part of me bleeding green there. <laughs> Fantastic. And when you look at the performances at the weekend and, and that enthusiasm you mentioned, um, how much potential do you see for, for Guernsey Netball to take some big strides forward in the kind of, well, quite soon, but also in the medium term? I think I think the appetite is there, you know, at the moment or, or probably up until interventionals, it's been very much around short term. What wins, what gains can we get during those sessions? What technical stuff, what tactical stuff? Um, and now kind of that vision opens outwards and, and we start to go, right, OK, our current under 11s, what does it look like when they come up to 16s? What does it look like when they're at 19s? Um, quite a lot of calls with England Netball over the next couple of weeks about their pathway and whether that's the right structure for us on island and how that fits into their pathways and into their franchises and really just growing that opportunity door for the kids so that actually when they get to 15, 16, 17 and upwards that they know what their pathway looks like and they know where they can go with their netball should they choose to do it. And you mentioned Jersey being a, a slick program. Um, obviously <laughs> they've had a lot of success in the last decade or so. Yeah. Um, how much will you or do you or have you looked to sort of what they've done um, kind of with their island set up to kind of uh, inform what, what you're thinking? Yeah, I mean, there's been some various discussions going on with them. Um, I don't think that replicating it works um, and I'm not sure that everybody agrees with everything they've done um, and myself included. So I think there's, there's definitely um, tokens to be taken from all the different islands. You know, we can look at what Isle of Man have done, which is very different. And, you know, we look at Shetland and Orkney and we look at the Isle of Wight, you know, so we can look at all the different island programs. But I think it, one of the things that we've worked really closely on in our last session when I was over was looking at what's the Guernsey way. Um, and what does that look like on court? What does it mean to the players off court? And there are various words that keep coming up through those and they're very different to some of the other islands. So I think the next kind of six months for us is really about embedding the programme, opening it out as wide as possible, making sure that we've got the players on board, the coaches on board, the administration staff on board, and just really growing that profile as much as we can over the next six months whilst we make the decisions as to what direction the, the fixture card takes really. Sally Carnes there. Um, great to speak to her. Um, I think she comes across really very well and um, clearly has a, a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm for the sport. And um, yeah, it'd be really interesting to see how she takes things forward over the, the coming months and, and hopefully years. Um, now back on Sally and Soil, a really nice moment for St. Jack's Vikings on Saturday. They recorded a 19th straight win to seal the county's three Hampshire title and with it promotion to the next level of English rugby. 
reward for yeah long season's efforts for them and I caught up with their coach Ray Smart and one of their players Tom Creed to chat about that achievement and why it's just the beginning for them. Congratulations uh, league champions this season sealed it on Saturday and a couple of days later here we are at Fitzlane in the drizzle back on the training field would you have it any other way? Nah not at all <laughs> seasons are finished we've got three more games then Fallets so yeah big end to the season. Yeah and obviously I suppose going into this campaign with the league you were put in, I suppose you would have expected to do well um, with St. Jack's, but when you actually look back on the commitment that you've put in over the last few months and, and to get that reward, was it really satisfying on Saturday? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when we first came into the league, we didn't really know what we were going to be up against. Um, we had a few big wins to start off with, and I think we maybe got a little bit ahead of ourselves to start with. Um, as soon as we got through the first round of fixtures, definitely we then set our own targets. Let's go and win the league. Let's go and be undefeated. Um, and I think that's great. And that's shown in training because we've set ourselves in personal targets and we don't want to let it slip. Um, we're obviously three games away now from that undefeated season, and that'd be great. Um, we've also got other targets, which I'll keep to myself, but we're on track for them as well um, and yeah uh, we've managed to seal the league now with three games to go like I said so time to let some of the other boys who maybe haven't had as many minutes play in the next couple of games and um, then we'd like to finish strongly against our, our rivals uh, Overton. Overton? Yeah. Yeah good stuff and, and Ray for you as coach um, you're obviously a great shift from the players this season are there any particular moments games perhaps away from home where you thought you know you're going to get this reward? Yeah, we've had a few uh, a few tough games this season. I think the one against uh, Winchester where we looked little up against it. We didn't play particularly well, to be honest. Um, but the guys dug in. We had a little chat about 10 minutes to go. We, we needed to try to win it. And I was super confident they were going to do it. And, and they actually just just never looked in doubt, even though they maybe didn't quite believe it at the time. I knew they'd get it, and they did. And we were lucky not to get a bonus point that game as well. So um, what you're hearing from Tom is the ownership the players have taken. Uh, this season, which has been great. Uh, you're looking now at the, the guys on the training park, they're, they're doing their own warm-up, they're doing uh, a, a lot of the, uh, the coaching themselves as they go along, and that ownership has been taken on at the pitch, so made our, our jobs a lot easier as coaches. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And, yeah, it has been a fantastic season. Three uh, say three games to go. Um, yeah, how nice would it be to finish uh, with a perfect record? Well, we won't get that because we dropped a bonus point. <laughs> but uh, it'd be nice to finish uh, undefeated, but that's not quite really what we're about, to be honest. We're, we're all about our performance and how what we do. When they thought position had got a bit more than we have, well, there's not much we can do about that. But um, as long as we perform well, we're happy and we'll continue that in the next three games and see where it takes us. Yeah, and obviously I suppose attention will already be turning to next year and, and, and what you're going to be coming up against. I suppose the question or the key question is how far can this squad go and how far do you want to go? Um, well, um, one of our targets we haven't really talked about, we might as well share it now, is that we wanted to get to level seven. Uh, so we're going to level eight next year. So we want to get that next next level. Uh, we've given ourselves a little bit longer to do it than, than we might achieve. So I think that will be, let's go up again in the next sort of two years or so will be the next target, I think. Uh, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. And there's only one team goes up in each league. You can't go in there and say your target is to win the league. That's not, not realistic. Um, but yeah, our aim will be to get level seven the next couple of years. Yeah, and Tom, as a playing group, um, do you feel like you've got a good base to go and do that? Yeah, 100%. Um, we've obviously got some of the young lads who the aim for them is obviously play at the highest level they can do. So Vikings is the perfect footstep into the Raiders. Um, we've got, oh, lost count, eight, nine regular Vikings that have minutes in Raiders shirts this year, which is great. Um, obviously, the Raiders season coming to an end, they're going through injuries and injuries. So more of us getting pulled into, into the ones um, on a regular basis. But yeah, for some of the young lads who have just come out of Colts rugby, what better way to do it? They come into adult rugby, adult environment, adult game. Um, they come up against more bigger physical players, which is what they need to do. 
Um, I've got every confidence. I mean, I'm the old boy in the team at 32 years old. Um, the other lads, they've got a great, they've got years together as a squad. Um, so I've got every confidence that, yeah, in the next three years, we'll be playing step seven rugby, which is great. Whether I'll be on the pitch or not, it's another story. <laughs> and yeah, for you guys, obviously, you, you know, you, you want to win. That's what, you know, you go to the pitch for, you enjoy winning. But is it about that test now and, and something that you're really kind of relish going into next season? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I look back at some of the games we've had this season and don't get me wrong, it's, it's great to score 100 points on a team and score tries all, all day, but they're not the games I really remember. I mean, the game that stands out for me would be Winchester away, like Ray said, 1918. Uh, I think we won. We really had to dig deep and show everyone what we're about. Um, and over at home, again, another physical tough game where we really had to dig deep. Um, got the bonus point win in the end, but it, they didn't just let us walk over them. And uh, going into next season, we're going to come up against a lot bigger physical teams and we're going to have to start to play a bit more streetwise. We're not going to be able to run the ball out of our own 22. We're going to have to play exits. We're going to have to play proper adult rugby. Um, so the boys, it's just going to be a learning curve, adapt our game style. And I've got every faith that we can go up next year and really compete. Not necessarily win it, but we'll, we'll be up there. Ray, it seems like the Guernsey rugby machine is, is working quite well at the moment. Obviously, I think a couple of years now into this kind of current arrangement between Raiders, um, Vikings and, and sort of the whole setup. Um, yeah, another year into it. How do you assess the way the two kind of squads, if you like, or it's almost one big squad, isn't it, in a way, but the two squads are, are interacting? Yeah, it's getting towards that uh, one big squad now. Um, we uh, train against each other twice a week now. Um, we, we we do very well when we run against the, the Raiders. Uh, come, we actually train better against the Raiders than we play on a Saturday, to be honest, which just shows you need that, that tougher opposition. Um, and it's great for the lads to learn. There's nothing like, <laughs> you know, somebody running around you or whatever or, or sticking you on your backside in training to, to learn that there's a there's a higher level out there. So that works well. Relationship between the coaching teams is great. Um, and yeah, there's, there's nothing better than on a Thursday when we finish training, everyone wishing each other all the best for the Saturday and away we go to our respective games. Yeah, and how do you see that evolving then in the next couple of years? As you say, you look to go up maybe to, to, to step seven, level seven. Um, is it tighter and tighter integration between the two groups of players? I don't think it'll be uh, very different, to be honest, because we're pretty tight as, as we are. Um, I think it'll be more about the development of these guys out here at the moment. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, I think uh, as, as some of the lads, I mean, our average age is about 23 or 24. Um, for, for most people, it's only Tom keeping the uh, age up a little bit. <laughs> so once we, uh, once we have another year of working with those players, you know, they're going to hit their, their best in about two or three years' time. So it all ties in quite nicely, that hitting level seven, just as people are at their peak. And then when more kids come in through, it's, uh, it's, it's quite a nice uh, situation for Guernsey rugby to be in, not just the Vikings. If and when you get to, to level seven, will the same opportunities still be there for, for players to, to kind of to come into rugby, you know, for like at the sort of the bottom end and, and, and work their way through? I mean, it, will it won't put a barrier up to, to new players? No, not at all. Um, that's the whole ethos of what we do as Vikings. We bring people in. Uh, everyone who, who rocks up for a training session gets coached. Uh, we focus on individual players. We've done a lot more of that this year and we'll, we'll, we'll probably get more and more focused on the individuals because if you improve every single player, then your squad's going to be better. So, uh, yeah, we, we like to think we'll keep doing that. We're looking to get more second team games for the Vikings as well. So that'll be a nice addition if we can, we can do that next year, even if just half a dozen games would just give us more game time. Yeah, Tom, for you as a, a, yeah, perhaps one of the more elder statesmen of the squad, I mean, when you look at the the playing numbers you have down here at training sort of most weeks, um, is rugby in as good a health as you've seen it in the island? Yeah, I mean, I've been involved with rugby for six, seven years now. Um, and I'd say currently it's probably in the best state it's been. Um, I think straight from the top from Geordie, did great recruitment last year, managed to get a good amount of numbers in for us. Uh, they also had injured players returning as well so I mean at the start of season pre-season 
Raiders were running around with a squad of 30. We were running around with a squad of probably 35 to 40 before we lost university lads. Um, as happens in rugby, you lose players to injury throughout the season. But you look over there now, we've still got probably 25, 20, 25, 30 lads um, looking forward to a game this weekend. Um, and like I said to you earlier, we're going to rotate some of the boys who haven't had as, as many minutes in this weekend and next weekend, hopefully. Um, and it's just great for Guernsey rugby. It's just, it, I mean, even the crowds we've had coming down to games, people enjoy the, the St. Jack's Vikings kind of more more social, not as serious as, as, as Nat too. They enjoy it and they get involved. And, and, and what better than last weekend when there was a double header? People came to watch us, then went on to support the Raiders. And, yeah, I'm very much a, a one-club kind of guy, and I think it works really well. Yeah, great stuff. And just finally, um, there was a bit of a blow last year, obviously, with the Fallows Cup not taking place <laughs> as part of Siam, Siam Day. Is that back on the agenda this year? What's the latest? Yeah, it's on the agenda. It's on the schedule, uh, 6 o'clock on the Saturday. So it's a little bit of a late one for us, but that's good. We'll enjoy the rest of the rugby during the day, which will keep us nice and relaxed. And then we're very much looking forward to going in there. Jersey will have their bench from their first team game uh, joining the Fallets, so that's a, that's a good challenge for our lads as well. So we're, we're really looking forward to it. It's in their backyard and um, yeah, we'll, we'll go and give them a game. Ray Smart and Tom Creed there. Good news about the return of the Fallets. Um, I know <laughs> certain members of their squad were pretty miffed. At, well, I think they're all pretty miffed that it didn't happen last year. Obviously, a bit of a blow, but that'll be back. And as for St. Jack's, uh, Gareth, obviously, you know, they expected to... Well, it, it became quite clear quite soon on that they were going to do very well this season, but they still they have to beat the sides in front of them and um, and, and make all the trips away, which they've um, you know done with, uh, with full focus this season. Um, but yeah, just really interesting to see how kind of closely integrated they are now with the whole kind of Guernsey rugby club setup and um, it, yeah it, it seems to be with with the number of St Jack's players who are kind of making it onto the bench for the Raiders and and, and kind of finding their way through there that it um, that things are set up pretty nicely yeah it's um, it's, it's great to sort of pop down on, the, on a training night which we occasionally do and you just see the amount of players down there I mean you're talking sort of dozens and dozens and dozens there's sort of sort of usually over 60 players out on the out on the training pitch um, all um, vying to try and get to, to whatever level they can I mean uh, the St. Jack's Vikings, yeah, like you say, Tony, from quite early on this season, it was it was fairly obvious that they they were going to be sort of like the the ones to beat in that division. It, it because of the the rear uh, the realignment of the leagues by the RFU, it, it's going to take a couple of years, not for St. Jack's, not only St. Jack's, but for many many sides, just to find their level. Um, St. Jack's proved a class apart from from the rest of the county three Hampshire sort of set, but they they did have some some tough encounters. There was a few close games along the way. Uh, not all the nineteen were sort of like walkovers, that's for sure. Um, but as as they progress, they'll they'll have learned a few things this year. Next year they'll learn more. They'll have tougher tests. Um, I, I'm not surprised that they can target another promotion. They they need to do that. But um, as they get higher up the ladder, it'll, it'll help Raiders as well in the long run. So that sort of people who do make that step up, it's not such a gigantic step as as what it currently is. There are some decent players in that St Jack's side, but sort of like to go up from from counties three up to basically what is step four in the ladder at national two level is a huge step. But um, no, there, there's um, a lot of good building blocks in place there now. And um, hopefully it'll just, the progress will just continue. And back in action at Foots Lane on Saturday, I'm part of a triple header, in fact. Um, yeah, Vikings taking on Fairham at half past two. That's after Raiders ladies play Streatham Croydon ladies at one o'clock. And the day starts um, with the Academy under-16s in action against Midhurst. Um, 11.30, that one begins. And um, Raiders away at Seven Oaks on Saturday afternoon. That one being streamed live in the clubhouse at three. So yeah, pretty busy day of rugby down there. Um, it's going to be a busy couple of weeks 
weeks of hockey down at Footstone as well, isn't it? Um, lots to look forward to there. The Islands men welcome Jersey not once but twice for back-to-back matches. Um, next week for local bragging rights in the Interinsula, but first um, for a place in the last four of the England Hockey Tier 2 Championships. I spoke to their coaching team to find out how they're shaping up, starting with head coach Andy Good. Played them in 2016 on our run to the final that year. We played them both away that time. Uh, the Both were 1-0 victories, I think, back in 2016. So we have done this before, but yeah, very exciting to have it on the home pitch. Yeah, huge. And I mean, for you looking ahead to the two weekends, probably impossible to say which is more important, but obviously with the carrot of a, you know, the cut run continuing, and this be the first one, clearly you're going to be well up for Saturday. Yeah. Absolutely. Sunday, rather. Yeah, we... I mean, we're desperate to carry on the run in this competition. Absolutely, it's, it's the key to our season, really, is just get get as far as we can in this. But, yeah, we're playing Jersey twice. We want to beat them twice. It's as simple as that, really. Talk us through the cut runs so far, then. Um, yeah, how, how was the story of that journey? We played Crawley away first, um, and we won 5-0. It was a fairly fairly convincing win. Um, but we, play, we had to play well to get through. Uh, we then played UEA. Very exciting game. It was the first home game we've had in this competition for lo- a long time. Uh, yeah, from, from the feedback I've had, it was a great spectator game to watch. Uh, not so great from a defensive point of view. We let too many goals in, but uh, we scored plenty. So, um, yeah, that brings us to the quarterfinal. As you say, um, it's been a while since we've had those games or these kind of cup games. Obviously, the pandemic played a part in that. But does it feel like the sort of the buzz of of cup hockey is back in Guernsey? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, it is. Um, and um, yeah, we've we've we're back to our strongest at the moment. So we've got we've got a really good squad. Um, we've played some really good games. Uh, we thoroughly deserve to be here. Um, and now, yeah, the big games really come. It's the, the quarter final, hopefully a semi final. Uh, and then who knows? We're we're just trying to go as far as we can. And it's been so close against Jersey in the last couple of years, hasn't it? Or since the, since the pandemic. Um, how's the squad looking for this weekend? And you know, have you got it in this group to kind of find that edge that you need? Yeah. Well, we've got 18 who have been training regularly. Um, sadly, Andy Worley can't play this weekend because he's with England Masters. Uh, that gives Steve Eulenkamp a, ch- a chance to come into the side for this weekend. Um, yeah, so it, to pick 18 from 16 is, is always tough. Um, but it yeah, just shows that we've got, you know, kind of 18 guys who are all pushing each other hard and want to play. So we're lucky. And you mentioned that game down here um, last time out. Uh, as you say, lots of goals, great entertainment. How much do you need the support from, from the, the home fans on this uh, bank? Very much so. Um, we've got a great hockey community on, on Guernsey. Um, you know, from from years back, people people seeing old faces coming down and supporting the team who played many years ago, uh, and then the youngsters who come down and play in the minis on a Sunday. Um, so it's, there's a, a massive sort of age range of people that come down and support us, and we're we're very grateful for it. And um, I hope they have a good day on on Sunday and enjoy supporting the team. Just finally, for you, um, obviously you've now been in this role a little while. I mean, do you feel like you're starting to to kind of put your stamp on on the the kind of senior men's squad? Uh, yeah, I suppose. I mean, it's it's um, yeah. I, I did the a role a bit with Andy as as the manager, so I know I know the guys well. I taught most of them in, at school. Um, uh, yeah, they're all they're all good lads and and really good hockey players and. Yeah, really um, 
I just, I just hope they go out and do themselves justice on Sunday. Kevin Smith, I'm assistant manager, sort of back up for Andy Good tomorrow, well on the day, so um, I've been, been involved with Guernsey Hockey since I was uh, a wee teenager, so 30 odd years now, um, played in the past and sort of been assisting with the coaching last couple of years. Fantastic, and, and for you, um, yeah, with that history in mind, to have two games against Jersey sort of back-to-back weekends, it probably doesn't come much more special. Yeah, no, it's always great to play Jersey. It's great for the players. It's great for the fans, everybody watching. Um, it's a real kind of intense game. Every All the players up their game compared to when they're playing other teams. And it just makes a real special occasion with that kind of rivalry, which uh, which is always intense on the pitch, but friendly afterwards. So, yeah, no, it's great to play them twice in a row. Adds a bit of extra special spice to it, really, because um, we're obviously intending to beat them twice, but it's... The first game is really setting out the stall and then the second we've got a second game where people will probably adjust their tactics, play differently. So it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, fantastic. And a question I put to, to Goody, you know, obviously with the pandemic and, and it, yeah, it feels like it's been a while since we've sort of enjoyed a real good cup run. Um, does it feel like there's a real buzz around um, kind of Guernsey hockey and kind of what's possible this season? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we, we haven't had a real cup run for quite a few years. Uh, we played we played two games so far and had really good results, strong results and played well. But it seems we've kind of developed and uh, grown with each game and the squad has been down here from the start of the season. It's a real close squad, uh, quite a large squad as well this time. So we've brought extra players in that we haven't had for the last couple of years. So, yeah, it's a real kind of feeling that we're on a, on a good run this time. So we're really looking forward to the game and, and winning and, and progressing further, hopefully. Kevin Smith there and before him, Andy Good. Um, that won a 12 o'clock kickoff this Sunday, so definitely get yourself down there. Um, Guernsey's women also in cup action away at Reading Threes. Um, fingers crossed they can get a result there and continue their fine cup run. Um, Gareth, I put it to Andy um, there. It kind of feels like the buzz is back around Guernsey hockey as far as kind of cup competition is concerned. I mean, from what you've seen this season, uh, have we got the squad once again now to be competing for this silverware? I think definitely, Tony. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the last sort of couple of times they've entered, if you sort of take out the COVID period, um, they basically got unlucky with the draw. I mean, they, they've been drawn against sort of premier clubs who who play some of their best players in, in the um, Tier 2 Championship. Um, Jersey actually reached the semi-finals of this competition last year, I believe, or last season. Um, and, you know, Guernsey and Jersey are very sort of very close in terms of standard. Um, we sort of just about have the edge on Interinsular in recent times, but um, it's very hard to call every time. It's always a very interesting sort of uh, clash of styles when the two play. It's it's always a really good game. Um, but yeah, Guernsey will will see, certainly home advantage will play a much bigger role in the um, in the national knockout game than it will in the Interinsular because of the nature of Interinsular Day when you've got basically three men's sides, three women's sides. When it comes down to the two first team games, everyone's watching. So it almost like doesn't feel like a, a home game or away game because there's so many sort of supporters of both sides. Um, this weekend for the for the knockout uh, game, I can't imagine Jersey will have a huge fan base there. It'll be sort of like their travelling side and perhaps a few others there. So home advantage might play a bigger part this weekend. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a, a really close battle as, as always. And uh, just fingers crossed that Guernsey managed to come out on top and, and sort of progress to the last four of that competition. Yeah, it's going to be uh, pretty electric, I think, down there. I presume you'll be uh, on, on the balcony. 
Um, are we, I'm usually pitch side for the for the knockout games because the balcony and the clubhouse gets pretty packed. <laughs> I mean, I'm usually up there for the for the sort of domestic league because there's usually some space up there for me. But um, when it comes to the knockout game, the representative games, it's, it's always such a good crowd there that um, I sort of like to get away from the melee and sort of go across the other side of the pitch. And you almost you get almost a better sense of the atmosphere if you're facing into it. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll be a, a very hard fought, fought fixture, but um, there'll be plenty of raucous home support there for Guernsey. Yeah, I bet I'll be uh, trying to find a little bit of space for my camera on the uh, balcony. So. so we'll have highlights as well as um, full coverage uh, in the paper. Uh, Jamie, where are you going to be this weekend? We I'll be at Bose's Your for the return of their squash intervention. Uh, it's one of those sports which has struggled quite a bit over COVID, and we haven't had an intervention since 2019. So that in itself will be exciting. But also, there's a big name at the top of the team sheet. Um, we've got Chris Simpson due to play. A uh, 14-year professional career, represented Guernsey at four Commonwealth Games, and at his very best, was a world top 20 player. He was such a dedicated player. He, he made a real success of his his career you know he um, it takes a lot to go basically traveling the world on your own and getting up into sort of like the top echelons of the world rankings he represented us like you say Jamie on Commonwealth Games with um, with a lot of um, style and also just he's, he's a great ambassador for Guernsey I think and it's it's it, he has been known to sort of like suddenly appear for intrinsic there's something about the squash intrinsic that brings back good players just for the weekend they just pop back and have a game and um, yeah I, I imagine he's been sort of although he's no longer in the professional ranks I imagine he's still playing sort of bits and bobs in his, um, his Yorkshire base so um, it'd be great to see him him in action Well that's awesome to hear and I'm sure it'd be fantastic for um, for some of the other players to be uh, to be playing alongside him at the weekend. Um, yeah, great stuff. Lots going on. Um, you'll, of course, be able to f- read full coverage of, of everything that matters in local sport in the pages of the Guernsey Press um, six days a week. And we'll be back next week with another Guernsey Press sport podcast um, with uh, yeah more interviews and insights into what's going on in local sport. Thanks very much, guys. We'll see you next time. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Tony.